0: I'm Mark Rodell, and in today's episode of TechSess, we're going to learn how the five technical controls of cyber essentials can help reduce your chance of a cyber attack by as much as 80%. Welcome to TechSess, the show that provides the information you need to know so that technology can help your business to be more successful. So I'm going to cover a few things today about cyber essentials for those of you that haven't heard of it or have heard of it but are not really sure what it is and how it can apply to your business. So we're going to cover what is Cyber Essentials. We're going to talk about the five technical controls of Cyber Essentials. And we're also going to talk about who is Cyber Essentials designed for? Why should your business get it? And then how to go about getting Cyber Essentials certified. So what is the Cyber Essentials scheme? It's a simple but effective government-backed scheme here in the UK that will help protect your business, regardless of its size, against a range of the most common cyber attacks. Of course, cyber attacks come in many shapes and sizes, but most of them are very basic in nature, usually carried out by relatively unskilled individuals. It's like a burglar or thief trying your front door at three o'clock in the morning just to see if it's unlocked. The guidance in Cyber Essentials is designed to protect against those kind of attacks. So there's two levels of certification in Cyber Essentials and it's probably best just to discuss those just now just so that you're clear on what those are because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. So we have Cyber Essentials and Cyber Essentials Plus. They are the same standard. That's the first thing to understand. The difference with Plus is that there is an external hands-on technical verification is carried out to make sure that the protections that you put in place have actually been put in place, whereas Cyber Essentials is simply not self-certified but it is a questionnaire that is filled out, submitted to a certification body and then the certification body basically confirms that what you've put in place is meeting the standards. Regardless of which level of certification that you decide to go for, and sometimes that is actually determined by your work providers or in any tenders or public contracts that you're going for will maybe determine that you need to get Cyber Essentials or Cyber Essentials Plus. Of course, there is a big cost difference between getting the two as well. So most businesses, if you're just doing it off your own back, will just go for Cyber Essentials because, as I said, it is the same standard and it is much cheaper to achieve. But of course, cyber essentials certification will give you peace of mind that you've put in some defenses to protect against the majority of common cyber attacks. Because a lot of these attacks are looking for the easy targets, the low hanging fruit, which do not have any cyber essentials controls in place. So a couple of the main reasons as to why you should get cyber essentials, apart from everything that we've already discussed here, is one of them is to reassure your customers that... You're working to secure your IT against a cyber attack because of course. A cyber attack or any downtime in your IT systems can have a big impact on the service or the product or whatever it is that you do for your customers. So it's quite important that you can demonstrate you know, a level of cybersecurity protection to them and also attract a new business. So you want to go out and win new business. If you have cyber essentials and the competitor next to you who's bidding for the same customer or the same contract doesn't have that, then it's probably going to look more favorable that you're a business that is more robust and taking measures to make sure that you're protecting your business against these threats. And the third reason as to why you get Cyber Essentials certified is because, as I've maybe mentioned already, some government and public sector contracts will require that you have Cyber Essentials certification in place before you can even tender for the work. So of course, as you'd expect, there's much more to Cyber Essentials than what we'll have time to discuss today. But what I'm going to cover is the five technical controls of Cyber Essentials. At quite a high level so you can get an understanding of what's actually involved in getting certified so the first technical control that has to be in place is the use of a firewall to secure your internet connection now it's fair to say I think most people have heard of the term firewall but maybe not actually sure what it does so essentially this creates a buffer zone between your internal network and the internet to make sure that incoming traffic is analyzed to make sure or to find out whether or not it should be allowed into your network so it's kind of like the bouncer gatekeeper at the door making sure that nothing bad or unwanted comes into your network now there's two main types of firewalls it's hardware boundary firewall so your router and your routers at home even will have a basic firewall built in but most computers will also have a software firewall so this is really important right because especially if you are out traveling around and especially now as more people are starting to move around a lot more in the world. If you're out in a cafe and you're connecting to public Wi-Fi, it could be in a hotel or an airport or whatever, we've all heard about the dangers of using public Wi-Fi. So that's why it's extremely important that your computer has the firewall turned on The second technical control of Cyber Essentials is to make sure that you're choosing the most secure settings for devices and software. So quite often, manufacturers will set default configurations for software and for devices to be as open and basically as multifunctional as possible. So you might find that everything is turned on, which makes them easy to set up and connect and make them easy to use. But unfortunately, these settings can also provide cyber attackers with an opportunity to gain unauthorized access to systems. So... You should always check the settings of any new device that you get so for example you get a new router for your office network if you're setting that up yourself or your IT provider setting that up chances are it's going to come with a default password so it might be admin and admin is the username and password or admin and password so it's critical and it's a requirement of cyber essentials that any default password is changed And of course, the advice for changing default passwords and setting secure passwords continues to your laptops, desktops, tablets and smartphones as well. Anything that contains or can access your company data or online accounts. So passwords are still around. They're still the most easily used security method. Of course, there's lots of other things now with multi-factor or two-factor authentication, which you might be familiar with. But most systems are still just secured of username and password so passwords should be easy to remember but hard for someone else to guess now it's not a requirement for cyber essentials but if possible you should consider implementing a password manager and giving access to your staff for this especially for all your company accounts this is going to allow passwords to be generated automatically they're going to be much longer much more secure and difficult to remember and difficult to guess but that's a huge way to improve the security of passwords in your business. So next up is the ability to control who has access to your data and services. So to minimize the potential damage that can be done if an account is misused or stolen, staff should just have just enough access. So we work on a least privilege basis here with Cyber Essentials and Cybersecurity in general. So just giving people enough device connectivity and functions for them to perform their role. And any extra permission should only be given to those that who need them. So administrator accounts basically checking what privileges your accounts have and accounts with admin privileges should only be used to perform admin tasks. So Day-to-day, users should only be using a local non-administrator account for their general work. So when they're logged into their machine in the morning, people working on office documents, your CRM accounts, their email, web browsing, it should just be an account that doesn't have administrator privileges. So you're cutting down the chance that an admin account will become compromised because, of course, an attacker can do a lot more damage with an admin account as they can with just a local standard user account. Now, the fourth control we're going to talk about is protecting yourself from viruses and other malware. So malware is just short for malicious software, basically. So one example of this would be ransomware, which you maybe be familiar with and heard this mentioned in the news recently. But this is a form of malware that makes your data or systems unusable until you pay a ransom to get your data back. So basically encrypts all of your files and all of your data and can spread across your network as well. Can also affect your backups if you don't have ransomware proof backup solution in place so of course we're all familiar with computer viruses which is another well-known form of malware and this is basically programs that are designed to infect your software often pass an unnoticed between machines you know whenever they can and spread around a network and quite often most viruses won't actually cause you a huge amount of damage but can be a nuisance as well and Some can be really difficult to remove. So where does malware come from? Well, it can come from various sources these days, particularly email is probably one of the most common attack vectors, an infected email attachment, a link to a dodgy website, or potentially from like a removable USB storage device or memory stick, which is carrying the malware as well. So the most common way to defend against malware is obviously to use an antivirus or more commonly like an endpoint security solution nowadays so this should be on all of your computers and laptops it's pretty much a set and forget it type of service most it providers will provide a managed anti-malware or endpoint security service at a minimum as part of their service and this will basically scan files on demand it will be able to monitor your email for malicious email attachments and most of them should be able to protect against accessing any malicious or infected websites so even if it's a genuine website your anti-malware service should be able to pick up whether that website's been compromised and block the user from getting access to it so it kind of integrates with your web browser as well now the final cyber essentials requirement we're going to talk about is keeping devices and software up to date so this is commonly known as patching so No matter what type of phone or laptop or computer you're using, it's critical that you're using devices that the manufacturer still supports so that you receive regular security updates and also that you install these updates as soon as they're released. Now, for Cyber Essentials, the requirement is that you install critical and high security patches within a 14-day window. You have to demonstrate how you can comply with that in order to get certified. And this applies for the operating systems and any installed apps or software that you have in place. Now most devices have an auto update feature. You probably see this if you're using an iPhone or an Android. It'll come up on your device and say that there's an update for the software. Now, it's important that you run these as soon as possible. But how do you manage this across your organization if you've got a lot of computers and a lot of users? You don't really want to just allow users to be self-managing this because there's no real control over how you're getting these updates rolled out and ensuring that you're complying with cyber essentials so it's important that you have a patch management system in place now this could be as simple as ensuring that automatic updates are applied to all your machines however you'll find that most good IT providers will provide patch management just as a part of their service so they will actually take the control of updating and patching away From the user of each machine and they will actually provide this generally on a weekly basis so for example microsoft release patches on a tuesday so if here at m3 we do a weekly maintenance night on a wednesday night that's where patches and things will get pushed out and we actually control this and manage this for our customers and then we can easily demonstrate and show at a glance the patch status of all the devices and that makes it really easy to comply with cyber essentials it's actually very common and actually probably not that unsurprising that This is one of the areas that a lot of businesses struggle with, with Cyber Essentials, despite the fact that you can turn on automatic updates, a lot of businesses we see do really struggle to maintain good patch health across their devices. So there's a quick 101 of Cyber Essentials. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight into what Cyber Essentials is and technical controls and hopefully you can see that it isn't out of reach for most businesses to achieve. Now I just want to talk a little bit about what Cyber Essentials doesn't do so there's no kind of misconceptions here. So of course Cyber Essentials will protect your business against common threats. We've already kind of said this but what does it not do? It doesn't really offer much protection against a really sophisticated or targeted threat. So for example if a highly skilled Hacker group decided to target your business for whatever reason, Cyber Essentials would probably be unlikely to offer much protection in that situation. It doesn't offer much protection for staff against phishing or social engineering because it doesn't include any security awareness training or anything to educate your staff against how to protect your business from cyber attacks. And it doesn't really offer much protection against any data loss. So, it doesn't cover backups, for example. You've not heard me mention anything about backups in this episode here so cyber essentials does have limitations it's certainly not a silver bullet for cyber security and just because you get cyber Essentials certified doesn't mean that you should really stop there where I see cyber essentials is step one in the ladder right Get CyberCentral Certified It is the equivalent, as we said at the beginning, of locking the locks. So just like you lock your front door and your windows when you go to bed at night, that offers a basic level of protection against people just trying your front door at three o'clock in the morning. But you might decide to go to the next level of installing an alarm system or CCTV or building a big fence or having a big scary dog living in the back garden, you know. So assuming you've made a decision to get your business Cyber CyberCentral Certified, how do you go about it? Well as I said at the beginning cyber essentials is a questionnaire anyone can complete the cyber essentials paperwork you don't have to be an IT professional You don't have to be a cybersecurity professional it is something that can be submitted to a certification body by anybody you are required to demonstrate with a combination of screenshots and policies how you're complying with the controls but the most common and easiest way that most businesses will choose to get certified is to work with approved cyber central practitioners or ace practitioners have been certified to ensure that they fully understand the standard and can make sure that this five technical controls have been properly implemented within your business and they can also complete all of the paperwork on your behalf which means they do all the heavy lifting and you pretty much will get certified without having to really get much involved in the process of course what we find is a lot of customers enjoy getting involved in the process a little bit because it allows them to gain a better understanding of cyber essentials and cyber security in general and they feel much more comfortable knowing that their business has been protected of course if you have an existing IT provider they may be able to help you too it's worthwhile asking whether they've got experience in getting other businesses through cyber essentials but you will find that most approved cyber essentials practitioners will work with your IT company to put the technical controls in place so that you can get certified. Some IT companies will offer this like I said and some just won't so it's worthwhile finding out. So just to finish off today's episode, I thought I should probably throw in a little bit about the next steps after cyber essentials, because it's usually the question that most businesses will ask at some point. Okay, we've now we've got cyber essentials, what should we do next? So the next things obviously start to get a little bit more complicated, as you'd imagine, after the essentials are kind of taken care of. But the first thing to do is to conduct a full risk and vulnerability assessment of your business. Because you need to understand where you're at now and then start to create a security program that are actually based on your unique risks and threats. And this is actually the National Cyber Security Center's recommendation too. After this, you want to start to implement managed cybersecurity services to fill in the gaps. The three most common services that we recommend businesses implement after Cyber Essentials are phishing testing and training for all users a web content filler to help prevent access to malicious content on the web and dark web monitoring to monitor for breached business credentials that are on the dark web that could be used to access some of your business accounts then after this the next step would be to create an incident response plan for cybersecurity, so you know exactly how your business will respond to an incident before it happens. If you'd like to discuss anything that I've talked about in today's episode of TechS, please reach out and get in touch with me. If you're not already following or subscribing to the podcast, please remember to do so so that you can be notified for any future episodes. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen and enjoy the rest of your day.